Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. We have a special episode for you featuring three shop owners along with myself talking about management and leadership. What does it take to become a leader within your own shop and how does that differ from managing? What does being a manager look like and can anyone be a leader within your shop or is it all on you? To answer those questions, and I'll be honest, we went way off topic in parts, but to try to answer those questions, I'm joined by Andrew Minkler, the owner of Bavarian Motor Repairs in Crofton, Maryland, Tom Shearer of Shearer Sales and Service in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Kyle Logue, the owner of Essex County Auto Repair in Danvers, Massachusetts. This was a fairly laid-back and casual conversation, the type you might have at an event like Vision or ASTE. It's four shop owners discussing the different challenges within their own organizations and the steps they've taken to try to overcome them. If you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. We're on every single one. If you're catching us on YouTube, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel and like this video. We're getting more views every day through organic search results and hitting the like button helps the algorithm find our content. If you'd like early access to our episodes, as well as the second part of our conversations on the podcast, head over to asog.site, that's A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E, and click on the Become a Patron Now button. All proceeds go to funding ASOG, a 501c3 educational charity. So your contributions are tax deductible, which is always a good thing. With all that out of the way, here we go. Yeah, that's interesting, though. If he's posting a help wanted ad and he's getting customers, that means he's a lot of clients that are on his Facebook. Something I got to work on. Uh, He's been working on it for years. He's been working, posting small videos 
he has like 30 or 40 videos on his YouTube channel. And so he was passively building his social media reach. Uh, but yeah, his, his tech ads are, are excellent. I don't know if you've read them, check out his, his Facebook page and read his tech ads. They're very, very good. And so I can see how that, that attracts new customers. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I have to get on and check it out. I was, I, I mean, first time being on with him, I said, oh, I'll just check his, his main Facebook. And I guess he's gone for good, huh? Oh, he muted himself. Okay. <laughs> I've been sitting here talking. Oh. <laughs> Didn't even know I was muted. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. And we can begin. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't even have known people saw my tech ads other than techs if uh, customers didn't bring it in. Uh, they, they brought it up, you know, when dropping off the car that they read it and they thought it was well written. You know, yeah. no, nobody's ever like, oh, that sounded great. Like they're, they're always like, oh, that was well written. I'm like, oh, glad to hear that because it took me almost a year to write that. Yeah. 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 I wrote a really lengthy, lengthy service advisor ad and uh, I bounced back and forth with doing just a short one and a long one. And then I turned, you know, I said, I'm just going to put everything that needs to be in there in there because service advisors typically do read a little bit more than I think technicians probably would and um, had a phenomenal, phenomenal response. I mean, like zero, not zero. I think there was two burger flippers. I was telling David earlier, really, really good. Happy with that. Yeah, that's good. I, I got a lot of that with my service advisor ad. Um, pe- people just, they could connect with the service part of the ad, not necessarily the car part of the ad. So yeah. they, they, you know, they felt qualified as far as the service portion of it went. Gotcha. The thing, that, the thing that's similar between both of your ads was the picture quality. I don't know how to I'd, take that. <laughs> yeah no that it was it was there were great pictures uh-huh. they were interesting oh, gotcha. they were okay. engaging <laughs> yeah um and and so uh and like andrew your your pictures were were excellent they were professionally taken right they were yeah yeah and i and i did run the ab <laughs> after speaking with you you know you said hey people like looking at women so i took my ugly mug down well i'd left it up but i put an ab <laughs> and i put my wife up and obviously within like moments uh way way more clicks so <laughs> yeah there's a lot of truth Same. to that yeah a lot of I, I, I still did a photo bomb in the background but i uh i called my buddy i was like hey can you get your girlfriend over here I need some pictures and uh so he came over and he took pictures with his iphone and we legit had all my snap-on drop lights hanging in the office to give us the good light uh-huh, so that yeah. we could have like dude we, we had 30 drop lights hanging from the ceiling wow yeah and then we took it with an iphone <laughs> and it came out all right yeah and it came out really good yeah. yeah nice nice but that makes that makes such a huge difference the, the quality of the picture i didn't yeah. i i literally never even realized how dungy it looked in my office until that photo <laughs> and it, it made me update my lights to led so you don't need the drop lights any longer uh for a good photo you do but it's definitely brighter in my office it, it literally you walk through the door and you don't feel like you're going into a garage anymore and and that's what i wanted to get rid of mm. yep so we're hiring a, a photographer pretty much every quarter now and um i mean we're using it for quite a bit of different stuff but i think we're going to start doing the videos i was just hearing that you have quite a few videos on your facebook but um I don't know. We just, it seems a little bit, a little bit of morale actually when you get everybody together and you know have a breakfast, do some photo shoots, um, hang out afterwards, chat about the week. 
um, we've noticed kind of a big uptick in everybody's kind of. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Professionalism, how they stand, their posture, how they act around customers. Um, when you bring, you know, bringing in a photographer saying like, hey, this is how you should stand, this is how you should look. It's actually been pretty impressive. I could see that. We, we haven't gone that route, but I definitely find my technicians acting more professional now that they're the photographers and the videographers of our inspections. Ah, uh, yeah. They take that very serious. Yeah. Excellent. How, how, uh, how much are you spending on this photographer, Andrew? Uh, it's a family member. So gas. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm looking out right there. So that could be good or bad because if the pictures are <laughs> terrible, yeah, like, uh, I, I just couldn't use them. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, she's my, yeah. My sister's a, I guess she's a professional photographer, but she normally does you know wedding and family portraits, things like that. But she's got a thirty thousand yeah. dollar lens, so if she's not taking a good picture, then that's uh, that's yeah, not good. Yeah, there, there's fault. definitely a talent to it. I, I don't know. There are a lot of people that think they're photographers that that go out and buy maybe not a $30,000 lens, but they buy expensive equipment and the pictures are, they're okay. Yeah. We had a, uh, we had a professional photographer come in back in, I think it was February. And I mean, I think it costs us about like 2,500, $2,500. And, um, you know, he did a bunch of candidates, you know, individuals, uh, you know, he did a really good job and definitely, (laughs) Yeah, it definitely makes a really big difference over uh, me snapping a picture with my cell phone. Yeah, I was talking to a shop owner out of Florida, and and uh, he was asking me about ads and this, that, and the other. And uh, I told him the first thing you need to do is hire a photographer because before you change your website, before you do uh, run a whole bunch of print ads or, or post a bunch of stuff on social media, hire the photographer. You're going to get a thousand pictures that you're going to be able to use in perpetuity for forever, and um, he's like, yeah, I think I know a person who knows a person that has a camera. I'm like, no, no, no. You need like a corporate photographer, somebody who's trained to do businesses. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I told him, Tom. I, I said, it should be 2000 to 2,500. That should be about what you spend. Yeah. And he was floored. He was like, are you kidding me? 
Like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, what's your... That's how much a good photographer goes for. Yeah, and, and what's your AR, ARO, right? So how, how many how many customers do you need to pull in from those one or two or three good uh, photographs? Like, almost none, really. When you look at it, how long you're going to use those photos for. Um, yeah, I mean, you can frame all of your marketing around those, those pictures. And I, I talked to another shop owner who was looking to change their website and websites are expensive yeah i mean it was like fifteen thousand dollars i think is what i spent on my on my website yeah um and that was two years ago websites are expensive and so she's looking at at switching to this company and that company and you go to her website and the website's nice the biggest problem was the the picture quality Hmm. i mean they they obviously taken with an iphone or you know a, a phone and they were they had been then like emailed to the website company, so they were compressed and then <laughs> expanded back out, so they were fuzzy. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I told her I said just hire a photographer and put high quality pictures on the on the website, and that's all you have to do, and that'll fix everything. I mean, they'll, it'll instantly look a thousand times better just from the quality of the photos. Yeah, the things we learn, man. Yeah, I thought I became a professional photographer. Uh, I, I had put something on facebook asking around and uh ben duncan had a a camera he wasn't using anymore i got it i'm like oh my god like, this is a it's a professional camera yeah. went around my shop snapping pitches my texts were hiding the, the service advisor's hiding under his desk i was out there for like four days straight just snapping pictures of everybody you it know ben horrible. Huh? yeah yeah, yeah, it's not far from me. It came out horrible. Is that what you yeah, said? That's, yeah, like it's a, a, good, a good camera don't make a difference if, if you're not good at capturing the moment. It don't work. Yeah, and framing it right and then doing yeah. post and there's so much to it. <laughs> so much to it. Okay, so um, we were going to get on here and talk about leadership and management. Yeah. That was the idea. And then we got off on tangents. You see what happens? Ten minutes in, we're yakking about photography. So what happens when you bring Tom to the party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just chatting it all up here, huh? <laughs> it, was, it was obvious you were not interested in talking about photography. <laughs> <laughs> I took time away from my day to do this. This is not what I signed up for. And, that, and that's unfortunately what I have to tell everybody is once I get them on the podcast, if they're not ghosting me, once I get them on the podcast, I'm like, hey, this is probably not going to go the way you think it is. We're going to be talking <laughs> about random stuff, and it's going to kind of go off in left field. And they're like, really? Yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll edit it. It'll sound fine afterwards. The one. Yeah, it. <laughs> but it's enjoyable. Makes it uh, a lot less like work. Yeah. And it's, it's supposed to be laid back, relaxed, uh, a conversation as opposed to something a little bit more professional. Let's say it that way. Yeah. So let me ask you this, like, so how long have you guys been in business compared to how long you think you started to assume the role of either a manager or, or a leader? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i been in business for eight years, but uh, a lot of my management training uh, and, and that type of thing came before I opened my business. So I did a lot of corporate training, a lot of HR training. Hmm. And so I brought a lot of that into the business I just didn't know anything about running a shop and I knew retail. And so uh, retail and customer service, I've got that down. I come into shop ownership and I mean, I was 
I, I was I hit a wall. I mean, I, I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I didn't know if I was doing it right, doing it wrong. Uh, and I was spinning my wheels. And I didn't have a lot of staff when I first opened. Uh, I've managed large groups of people. Uh, but going into a shop and, you know, having to face the whether you can afford them or not decision, uh, you know, was sobering. And I, I think I took a lot of steps backwards in forgetting a lot of my skills that I had honed over years uh, of managing, you know, 10, 15, 20, 22 people at a time uh, and making sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing and being highly successful at it. Mm-hmm. I, I move it into a much smaller environment where uh, I don't have three people to do to get this thing done. I've got me and yeah. then kind of a part-timer. <laughs> So, do you consider yourself the manager? Uh, do you, do you have a uh, and have you been spinning wrenches? I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, I've never worked on on cars full time for an extended period of time. I, I wrenched five ish years ago. I think it was yeah five ish years ago. Uh, I fired somebody, and it was a, like a four month period where it was just me by myself. Um, and then I was bringing people in and they didn't work out or whatever. Um, so no, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of wrenching. Um, I I tried to hire people who were better at it than I was to do the wrenching. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, what I'm used to is, you know, you coming into the business as a, as a technician or, you know, in the automotive field, then, you know, you kind of you know, up and away. But, uh, so you pretty much came into this specifically looking to run the automotive business, but not really be working in it. Is that correct? Yeah, that was the idea. Okay. It didn't work out that way, but that was the <laughs> idea. <laughs> so I've, I've been in business for six years now. Um, I'd say I started my journey on learning about this stuff about two years ago. Yeah. But I've really only, like, un, even not not even stepped into the role. I feel like I'm still stepping into the role. Mm-hmm. But I've I didn't really truly understand the differences between the roles until maybe six months ago, where I felt confident to say I know what the owner's supposed to do. I know what the manager's supposed to do. I know what the service advisor's supposed to do. I know what the tech is supposed to do. And I had a clear understanding of whose job was who. But I still don't feel like I'm – I fill the manager role now. I don't wrench on cars anymore. You know, there's the random day when we got that you know truck that's been there for two weeks and nobody seems to figure it out, and I'll go out and help. But it's not like my, – my guys do not rely on me whatsoever to do any wrenching in the shop. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely – <laughs> yeah, Come hold this yeah. For and, and, then, and then all they do is complain that i don't know how to hold the light anymore yeah, so exactly. I'm, I'm totally cool with that um i i, I like i like being the manager i i do want i actually you know who helped me really understand a lot of this was rick white he with his whole hat wearing um hey you've got the hats too yeah 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 that that really changed things for me because it didn't matter what part of the day i was in yeah i knew what hat i was wearing yeah and that really changed my mindset as to what i should be doing at that moment 
Yeah. So hats, hats and uh, expectations meeting reality. Those are like two big, big, big takes takeaways that I had from uh, working with Rick. Yep. Um, yeah. Really, really, really just kind of changes the mentality of, you know, what's important in this moment. Um, let's stick to it. Let's get it done. Um, it was really, really hard for me to like execute anything. Um, you know, I came from the whole techno- uh, technician mentality where, you know, I've been doing this 20 years or whatever, and you become an owner and you're thinking, hey, I can just do everything. Um, you can't do that. So having stepped back and kind of like taking another approach and realizing, Hey, I've got to like release the the reins and, and let people make their own mistakes. Um, that was, I mean, that was about two years ago. So that was, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. That was a really, really, really hard move to make. But now that I'm in the groove of, of doing that, um, I mean, it's become really, really, really nice for me to actually be able to see people hit those challenges, make those mistakes, and then ha- sit down and have those conversations with a, you know, completely cool mindset and say, Hey, this is, so these are the challenges we faced. Um, what do you propose that we do about them in the future? Um, it needs a system and process or it needs, it's a one-off. We're going to ignore it, but being able to wear those hats and look at it that way definitely kind of changes your mentality. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. My, uh, I had a, a bit of a, a tough time getting the team on board when I first started this. And I think that's what's kind of why I still feel I'm stepping into it. Um, I lost a couple of my team members kind of over the disagreements of things that were going to change around the shop. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it wasn't, wasn't completely because of that, but that was a huge factor. The fact that they were used to doing it their way. And now I said, all right, everybody's going to do it the same way. And it's going to be this way. This is the expectation. And, and as long as you hit this expectation, you're good. Well, the way that they did it their way would never hit the expectation. Mm -hmm. So, so then it turned into constant, but maybe I went a little overboard on the reprimand, but I, (laughs) I didn't really understand how to get them to stop doing it their way. Yeah. Yeah, um, man, if, that, that was that was difficult for me, man. A, a firm handshake goes a long way. I mean, if I look you in the eyes and say, you know, hey, David, this was our expectation. This was our discussion. Somewhere it fell short. You know, come to me at the end of the day. I need you to explain how you're going to avoid doing this again. And then you come to me at the end of the day and you say, you know, hey, I'm I know I almost blew the battery up or what have you. Um, I'm not going to hook the battery charger up overnight anymore. And I think that should be a shop policy going forward. Um, yeah, firm handshake and. I can accept that. If you can look me in the eye and tell me that's not something you're going to do again, um, goes a long, 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 long way, long way. It's, it is, it is hard. One thing I've really learned to do is just take a deep breath, walk away. Um, don't, don't try to engage if you're, you know, one, if nobody's getting injured, it's not super critical. Yeah. It's not the way I would do a certain repair. Um, if it's being done right and everything's being torqued and it's, it's safe. Um, I'm usually going to walk away and then, if it's happening continuously, we're going to, we're going to write a system and process, Yeah, but probably not something we need to kind of get into in the moment. And that's, I mean, I used to be the worst employer. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, looking at myself from now to two years ago or three years ago, you know, or, you know, you can do everything and you're constantly micromanaging people to now I'm like polar opposite. Just, Hey, let me, Kyle, let me let you work and see how you work and see your flow. And let me monitor and, and, and kind of watch what you do. Um, and assess what your skill is and what I think your potential is. And let's, let's build a game plan for you. And then let's fine tune exactly like you're saying, fine tune expectations, make them meet reality. And let's, let's get there slowly. The key takeaway there though, is that you had them make 
the 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 change or tell you what they were going to change about it at least they bring it you know at least they're going to bring it to me right so not always we're going to accept it or maybe it's maybe it's an ongoing issue hey you know look we're working on european we're working on bmws minis rolls royce man we got a lot of coolant leaks we got a lot of, a lot of coolant leaks after those coolant leaks so we need systems and processes how, you know what are we going to do and david i spoke to you a little bit earlier today on the phone you know our, our shop internal policy is 15 miles if you do a coolant repair coolant flush coolant service um, that car gets 15 miles. Um, it gets retested. Um, now we hired an intern to do a lot of that driving for you, but our internal shop policy is whoever works on the car does the first three miles, the last three miles. Um, they let it sit in between, check it, take it out again. Um, when you're looking at, you know, the money, these referrals and, and the confidence these clients have in us, when you're doing stuff like that, what's the trade-off? I mean, it's pennies, right? Pennies on yeah. the hour to have somebody go out and triple check that. And um, it's kind of night and day when they stop getting less and less comebacks and how much time that eats up on your clock and you're talking about efficiency and productivity. So we, we're, we're Monday through Thursday, 10 hours a day. Um, we really work about 39 and our, our minimum goal for each technician is 53 hours. And we really want to hover around probably 58, 59, but you know, being able to put something into play where people can start to buy into it and get on board with it. I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, intimidating, you, you know, you're, you're trying to lead a team that, you know, you're using the best judgment to say, Hey, the guys, you got to buy into this this is going to work. Um, but you kind of have to see, see it work and then kind of fine tune it and fine tune it and fine tune it. And that's, that's another, you know, big, big, big thing. I started just to, just to bite that apple when I started working with Rick was don't wait for protect, uh, for, for perfection. I mean, just stop waiting for perfection. I don't know how many times I just sat on business cards because eh, I didn't quite like it hundred percent. Um, referral cards. That's a great example. I'm now through like my 25th version of my referral cards. Put them out there. Um, yeah, you're going to, they're, they're not great looking, but you're getting referrals. You're getting, you're getting stuff coming in. Yeah, if they work, they work. They work, they work. Exactly. So that's kind yeah. of the same mentality using with the technicians and, and the staff. That's in huge general. for buy-in though. That, yeah. That's massive for buy-in. Having them come, come up with a solution and bringing it to you gets instant buy-in if you both agree to the solution. Yeah, because it's their suggestion. They're they're there's already buying from their side. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Because that that's a common mistake. You you approach them with the solution. Hey, I want you to do it this way now. Exactly. Because you're you made the mistake as opposed to what are we going to do about fixing this? Yeah. What are we? That's a do? completely different approach. Yeah. 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 Completely different. And and I mean these are things anybody that's listening. It's, it's got to be getting into smart groups or some type of groups or, or professional coaching, but these are little things you just start to develop and then they just become very, very natural. I mean, I still remember sitting in my first interview, um, interviewing a technician and it's, man, it felt like I was Mr. Bean or something, man, just super awkward. And, um, you know, you just have to develop that rhythm and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And, and, and it, you know, it eventually starts working, but they don't always come back with a perfect solution, but it's definitely something where you can get buy-in. And, you know, if David, if you're making mistakes and I say, listen, this is the way I like to do it. This is my expectation when you have a coolant repair. Um, this is the way the shop does it as a whole. Will you do this from now on? And I'm, I'm personally asking you one-on-one, -on -one, will you do this from now on? You're not going to let me down. I'm disappointed, but I understand. You were busy. You made a judgment call. It didn't work out. Um, but if I'm getting that one-on-one -on -one buy-in from you and you're telling me, yes, hey, Andrew, you got it. No problem. We're going to resolve it. Um, way, 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 way better success than saying, Hey, this is our system and process. Um, everybody's doing it this way. Um, now let's get to work. And, you know, meanwhile, Joe's over there on his phone and, 
you know, people are thinking about what they're going to get for, for their, for their coffee and everything else and not paying attention. Um, so having that one-on-one, Hey, this is our expectation. This is reality. Let's, let's, let's bring them a little closer together. Um, definitely a world of difference approach for, at least for our shop, uh, to get that end goal, what we're really looking for. Tom, you said that you were trying to develop a, a shop manager so to sort of take that role within your shop so you don't have to do that. How, how, what does that look like? So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, you know, working on uh, bringing him up to the management side of things. He's been my advisor for a bunch of years now, and, uh, you know, he'd really like to, you know, take on more responsibility. And, you know, it's it's tough. It's, um, how would I say, it's really hard to for me to sit back and let him run run with his ideas and make the mistake and then you know help him come up with the uh with the proper procedure for that it's just been so easy for me to sit here and say hey this is what i want you to do and um i'm gonna say probably like the last two to three months it's really been um clicking in for me that i'm i'm taking that step back letting him do what he needs to do and uh you know it's it's definitely uh making a difference for us when you when you say putting in his own processes, did did you not have those processes in place before you had him move into that role, or what what do you mean by that? So yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of uh, individual processes down. You know, I mean, I have uh, you know the role for the service advisors, and never really had anything for anything above that though. And you know that was always me. So it's been a really tough transition to kind of lay the groundwork for him to do what I've, what needs to be done. And, uh, quite honestly, I really should be focusing more on developing those processes for him. And we're kind of, uh, almost going by the seat of our pants with it, you know, learning as we go. Yeah. But, uh, just sitting back at the end of the day, at the end of the week and, you know, reviewing that and helping to come up with a plan as far as how we're going to uh, deal with things moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I'm very guilty of not putting it down on paper and yeah. uh, then developing that process. I think that's everybody though. I, I, how often do, do people get on ASOG and they, they throw up, the, the question about asking for a policies and procedures book. <laughs> and it's like, it's frightening. you know, and I, I joined a, a coaching group and they sent you a policies and procedures book. Yeah. It was a binder and it was like 300 pages. I mean, it was huge. I still have it. Yeah. Massive binder. What's that? Can you send that to me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody wants the policies and procedures. The problem is like you start reading through it and they're either overly vague or they don't apply to your shop or your shop's completely different. You're like, yeah. well, I don't want to do it like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's the problem is everybody's like, I don't know what to start with. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, Andrew is like, start, start with the problems you have in front of you. Yeah. Right? And, it, um, one shop owner down in, in South Carolina, he, he started writing out his policies and procedures and it was whatever, like whatever enraged them that day. So, and, and that's how I write <laughs> oh, them too. Man. It's like, what pissed me off today? Oh, what man. am I mad about right now yeah. that we didn't do that we should have done? Yeah. Let me yep. go ahead and sit down and just bang it out real quick. Yeah, great idea. And, Next thing you know, you know I got you a four-page paper on how to lock the door. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you, you can go back and you can like you, you can take the vitriol out of there, um, but just having that that moment there, like it, it's it's right in your face right now. There, there's an obvious deficiency. Yeah, you, you got to do something with it right now. Yeah. So why don't you sit down and just bang it out? And I think people get hung up on on the wording and yeah. how. You know how professional it sounds. It's like it doesn't matter. It just needs to be effective. Yeah. So just put anything down. Who do, who does it apply to? Yeah. And what do you want them to do? Yeah. And what are you trying to accomplish? You put those three things in there. That's that's good enough. Yeah. And then go back and you know you can go back and tweak, but getting it down on paper makes a makes a huge difference. Or like Andrew, I guess you're doing it all video now, right? Yeah. So we, I mean, just got a Samsung S9 and a gimbal and 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 a, and a road mic, wireless road mic. But um, I used to use a similar approach. Just when things were bothering me, I'd just go try to write them down. And then you know the phone rings and customer comes in and this and that happens. And then another thing pisses you off, and now you're writing two things. Um, so I'm going to tell you what has been a lifesaver for me. I downloaded this app. I think it's like a dollar ninety nine called Tasks. I have no affiliation with them. Um, absolutely incredible. It's right on my phone. I've got I must have twenty five different categories going right now. Like everything from my camping list to systems and processes to critical to do list for the shop. Um, so I've got a category for systems and processes, a category for video ideas. Um, a category for marketing ideas. And anytime I hear something, you know, how many podcasts, how many things do you listen to and hear and see a day that you're like, oh, that's a great idea. I mean, in the eight years, David, that you've been running a shop, how many phenomenal ideas have you heard and come across that you completely forgot? Just completely forgot. I don't forget them. I steal them. Well, you're, yeah, well, you're, you're, <laughs> you're a unique guy. I guess you get them all, but uh, no, for me, I'm on to the next thing and I can, there's no way I'm remembering. So I use this app called tasks and right when it bothers me, I just jump in the, you know, the SOP task. Um, and then I add it and every day I'm just drag and dropping and prioritizing which ones I think are the most important and just working my way from the top down. Um, but you're right. It, it really doesn't matter. Look, I'm making them in video format. I, I was going to do an L, uh, online mar- learning management system, but it, it really doesn't matter if you can measure them and you can enforce them and people buy in, that's honestly all that matters. Um, it's really all that matters. You know, if you start having comebacks and you say, you know what, I'm going to forward the card call to you and we're going to answer the call together every time there's a comeback or there's a follow-up call on a check engine light or a coolant leak or something else that you just worked on, you're going to go every through every step that we have to do on the front office with us. And you're going to see how much time and revenue is actually being lost. Um, so that's why we're doing these 15-mile uh, after coolant service uh, retests. And, and it's a huge selling point as well to the clients when you're saying, Hey, you know, Hey Tom, so we are doing the coolant service. We're doing the water pump, what we do at no cost. And it takes a bit more time, but we're really happy to do it. We're going to retest your vehicle three times. Um, we're going to drive it a total of 15 miles. We're going to make sure everything is absolutely dry and proper before we get it back. Um, we will need your vehicle till tomorrow about two 30. And with your blessing, you know, we're going to get underway. Um, the difference is there. I've just created a huge kind of a huge window for my technicians to go and do what they need to do. But I've also created a huge window for them to make those mistakes and have those challenges that are, I mean, if you guys have been turning wrenches, you know, man, like the entire yeah, it's world, a European car. it's all the whole world's <laughs> against you though, man, especially now, you know, from used parts to everything else. So, so you need to have that kind of flow in your shop and you need to have that mentality that, Hey, it's all right. Something went wrong, you know? Um, and we've got time now to sit down and acknowledge that issue Think about it, resolve it, make sure it doesn't happen again, you know, mentally put this on us. Um, and that's one thing I'm really, really stressing on myself these days is, hey, if I didn't have a system and process, this falls in my lap. This is on me. 
Um, but I want you guys to own your mistakes. I want you to, you know, voice them. So everybody learns from them. Um, and that's something that we've built quite a bit of culture off of, but also been able to kind of avoid everybody in the shop getting their chance to make the same mistake. Kind yeah, of that's from interesting. It. Yeah. But I'm telling you that task gap, you guys, it's really, I mean, I don't know how many. Yeah, times I do I've... that now with uh, Samsung notes, but I'm definitely going to look into that app because Samsung's no- notes is not organized yeah. in any way. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I bought a big leather folio, whatever. I bought a uh, Samsung tablet, my Samsung phone. Um, I'm, I've got like all my ideas and notes now in like 20 different places. And then I said, you know what? I got to find something. It sounds so organized. You're making oh, me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to see all my pages of uh, tablets yeah. around my desk here right now? Yeah. <laughs> The Amish don't have uh, organization, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I've got doodles on my notepads. <laughs> that I would get the task list done, be proud of myself that I put something on the task list, and then never touch it again. Oh, done. <laughs> done and done. I'm done now. This yep. is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. We, we started, we started uh, uh, ensuring that we communicate back and forth through uh, we use facebook workplace Mm -hmm. and so uh, my my office is right behind the like it when you walk into the shop there's uh there's the front desk and then there's a wall and inside that wall is my my office and i can yell and talk to my service advisor out of my office but we don't we started just chatting back and forth so we would have everything in writing so when I tell him something or he tells me something, because I'm probably the worst, you tell me something, I will probably forget it. But you write it or message bomb me to make sure I do it. That's a different, that's differently, that's entirely different, at least for me. Mindset wise, I tend to get it done. If it's in writing, it's reality. And so we started doing that back and forth. And that cut down on the, hey, Dave. Hey Dave, just one second, and telling me this, that, and the other, and then a week later, I told you about it a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, you did. I remember that. Like, what do you want me to do here? Do you guys use anything like that in your shops? So for us, we uh, pretty much we've been playing around with uh, what's it with Google Hangout, Google Hangouts. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Basically, it's my advisors back and forth. Um, so we don't really have much of anything going on there. We need to uh, put something in place because it's been discussed about better communication with the technicians. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, we're just pretty much using our management system and uh, back and forth with the notes in there. That's not really the best way because it gets lost with the customer. Yeah, what management system are you using? We're with Shopware. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, but that's a problem. Like, you, they... If it's, it needs to be a private conversation that you don't want to put in the notes section, yeah. Because there were a couple moments where we use Shopware as well, but my um, my technician didn't realize that the tech, that the customer can see everything he writes, and so <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't write anything oh, inappropriate. But you know, a lot of yeah. it, there was jokes and talking about this turd needs X Y Z, and and he. He messages me, and I see it. Of course, I'm like, "Oh crap!" and and I'm deleting it. And, and I told them, I said, "Hey, use use Workplace. You can't you can't put those are notes for. They can be back and forth between the the 
you and the service advisor, but it needs to be for the customer to see. It needs to provide value to the customer. Yeah. If it doesn't provide value to the customer, don't put it in there. Put put it in the chat. Um, and the, everybody in the shop now has a phone. I got rid of tablets. Found the tablets were terrible, um, clunky. Let's say it that way, clunky. Yeah. And uh, so everybody went to phone. Everybody knows how to use them. They use them themselves. So. Uh, that made a, a quick and easy transition. I know some shops were using Slack too uh, to message back and forth to be able to keep those lines of communication. Are your phones like uh, what's it called? Are they connected to service? No, just Wi-Fi. But I, I'm probably going to turn on or buy a SIM card for my service advisor because he he sometimes sometimes has to step out and. He has a wireless phone, but then loses his connection, and then the uh, you know I'm having to answer the phone, and I, I don't want to answer the phone if I don't have to. So <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna turn on service on his phone. So it doesn't matter where he is, if he happens to be in the back lot or whatever, he he can answer the phone. That way, I don't have to deal with it. So we we've literally uh, tried everything. Um, I actually had. Facebook Workplace when it first came out and it was horrible. Um, So I ended up dropping it and then I tried Google Suite. That was horrible. They overcharged my account. I lost it. Canceled that. Tried Slack. Slack was probably the better of them, but we had a problem with the cell phones going out of Wi-Fi and then them not reconnecting. So if you sent them a message, they wouldn't even receive oh, yeah, it that's a problem until they yeah. went back in and like reopen the app to make it connect um same thing with um what's what's the other um whatsapp mm-hmm. um we tried whatsapp same exact thing um bolt-ons messenger is useless um <laughs> we did we did the land messenger for a while um but that's only good on a pc so um and and we couldn't send photos like it sometimes the techs need to send a photo to help the service advisor so we went straight back to paper and taking photos and walking out to the service advisor to show them Um, that really became the most efficient thing to make sure we were getting the correct parts doing the correct amount of work Um, but now i have a problem of them chit-chatting too much so I go back and forth. I, I, I guess if if things have probably gotten better with Facebook, I love Facebook Messenger. So if they've gotten better with their workplace, uh, I may check that out again. Yeah, so they have workplace chat, which is it's it's Facebook Messenger, but in workplace. And so we have the chat open, and my service advisor has a chat box open, but he has it on his on his work phone as well, and so. You know, we, it's just like Messenger. We use Messenger all day long, talking to each other. So, um, you know, it, it's it's an easy transition. We have a Facebook Messenger group just for the shop too. Um, but while we're at the shop and they're everybody's using their work phones, we use the workplace chat. So they have workplace, which is like Facebook. We we put some stuff in there. Like I, I put a lot of training in there, uh, training announcements. Hey, this training's coming up next week at this time, make sure you're there, that kind of thing. Um, and th- that's pretty much it. You can put, 
some training uh, on there as well. Um, if and, and announcements and posts, so it almost looks like Facebook, like a Facebook feed. Um, but we use it mostly for chat. The chat is awesome. It, it works really, really well for us. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. It's actually going on my task list. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you would swear, like I'm the CEO of Tasks. Oh man, it's such a great app. No, it's it's going on the list. This, this is something that I, you know, I'm really trying to get into a role of, and, and this is an interesting topic. And it, I was like a little bit surprised because um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, I was up at three thirty this morning and. I didn't see your message so pretty late. And this is, you know, something I've been thinking about for a long time, you know, you know, it's getting to literally management versus leadership. Like if I hired you as a manager, what, what do you see your expectations as for, for that management role versus if I say, Hey, you know, Tom, you're coming on board as a leader. Um, one kind of has a connotation of morale and, and, and direction and exactly. giving your guys That's... some, yeah. Giving your guys some focus and gals. Um, and it's, Kind of interesting because I, I don't know about you guys. I, I definitely get into like a swing where I get super, super into one side of it. And, and you know, we've already kind of beat the systems and processes to death. Um, and now everybody's, yeah, I mean, they are efficient. You know, we're cranking up to 100, 140, 150%. Uh, now you're kind of losing morale or you're losing focus or we haven't discussed training and all these other things. So um, it's very interesting that you had messaged me uh, early this morning. And this is something I've been like, really uh, myself, I'm, I'm on a mission to kind of remove myself from the shop. I want to see if by June next year, I can get down to 25, 30 hours um, per week in the shop. And it's definitely not going to happen without management or leadership. Um, so putting those two in place without me being that key person every single day, um, we're going to see how that, how that works, but uh, I'm hopeful we'll figure out a way. So for me, managers are going to execute. Yeah. Like that's what you have them do. Yeah. But the what they're executing on is the role of the leader. Yeah, a leader is is simply the ability to influence. So you set that larger vision, you set that larger goal, and you say, "This is the direction we need to go in." Here's the plan. The manager is supposed to execute on that plan. Yeah, but it. Uh, I mean, but c- can you give your manager? And, and obviously, we're not ready to have a manager come on board full time. Can Can you give somebody in the shop power to to be that leader without actually being a manager? Um, and I'll tell you, we really strongly encourage more so this last quarter than ever with COVID and everything hitting. Um, we've really pushed uh, specifically our, our two technicians to really step up and start leading with um, with training. W- what do you guys want? What do you want to get hands on with? Um, we don't have to wait. Look, we don't have to wait for vision and all these other things to start doing training. You know, I have no problem with you hit a car that you're hitting a roadblock on. Um, you know, let's set aside four hours. Let's, let's, let's get this done. Let's, you know, let's really dig into this and nail it down, but you've got to take charge. You you have to realize where your shortcomings are in the shop. Um, so trying to step out of that role myself and not always see myself as a leader and say, Hey, you know, Kyle, you're in charge this week. Um, see what you can come up with, see what we really struggle with. Show me something that we can, we can turn into a four hour, um, training session, um, and it's usually, usually it's going to happen and you're going to come up with something and it may be something super stupid that you think, Hey, there's no way we're going to have struggle with a Lin bus on a headlamp or something like that. Um, and somebody in your shop does, man, they're just hitting a brick wall and they just can't wrap their heads around what's going on here. Um, let's do a deep dive into it and try to put somebody else's that leader role. Well, I think we need, you know, leaders, multiple leaders really to yeah. function properly, you know, like, uh, for us, 
I mean, we have, uh, you know, basically I'm, I'm leading the organization here, but uh, then we have our manager and, you know, he's responsible for the advisor staff as well as, you know, overseeing the technicians. But, you know, we have a kind of, I don't like the shop foreman role just because I kind of botched that up pretty good with, uh, with my first guy. So, you know, but, you know, we have our one tech out there leading, leading the, the techs and he is responsible for, he's responsible for the techs and uh, my manager kind of oversees uh, him and the advisors. So, you know, there's multiple leaders throughout there and each one's responsible for their own different section and, uh, you know, works out. When you say leaders, uh, I mean, who's setting the game plan though? That would be me. Okay. So you're just expecting them to to influence the others in a positive light. Right. Yeah. Lead by yeah. example and you know, help help take them down the proper path. Yeah, I, I look at the the way I see it is every single one of my employees should be a leader. In some facet of their day, they're gonna have to take the role of leader and lead in that particular time. A manager may only do the manager's position, but the way I want my guys, I, I, I guess a little, I, I may not be good at, at explaining this, but I've I've dug so deep into Jocko Willink's idea of leadership and decentralized command. I know that's military talk, but it works for business. I, mm. I follow his podcast. Like, I mean, I've listened to probably a hundred episodes now. Um, and he, he actually, he just did a, a great, like, uh, coverage of a, a leadership book by, a, I think it was General Clark. He wrote a book back in, like, 1922 about leadership. Um, and they reviewed that between, like, five episodes on his podcast. And, I mean, you want to talk how to run a, a great organization? That little book there that he, he reviewed will give you... If you got all your guys looking at their role as the leadership role, they'll know when to when to lead, when to follow, when to make suggestions. Like it's every employee has to have that ability within your organization, or they're just going to come in, do their job, and then go home. Yeah. And, and I'm not really looking for that. I, I want guys that are invested. And when you when you don't give them that opportunity to lead, I don't really think they're going to really own their position. Hmm. That, that makes all the difference, that right there, what you yeah. just said. Because I, I'm telling you, you walk into 50 different shops, and the ones that are struggling, the ones that are having problems, expect to make all the decisions, want to make all the decisions, and they don't allow their people to do their jobs or to give suggestions or to give feedback or to to provide any value other than the physical work. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so they don't understand why why I can't get them to do X, Y, and Z. It's like they're different people. They're not going to do it exactly like you. Yeah. So why not just set them up with some guardrails and let them do their jobs? Let them come to you with solutions to problems as opposed to trying to dictate everything because, I mean, you're only one person. You can only do so much. You can only bring so much talent and ideas and creativity to a, to a problem You've got all these people in your shop. Why not use everybody's brain power towards it? Yeah, uh, and and that doesn't happen. And it's 
a lot of times it's just um it's not even uh intentional it's it's inadvertent uh they're doing it because you know they they're used to be in the alpha tech right the lead guy mm-hmm. and everybody comes to them uh and now all of a sudden uh, they they have to release that control i think that's extremely difficult yeah. for a lot of people it has been for me in a lot of things um but if you don't let it go you're not going to grow and you're never you're never going to detach yourself from from the shop yeah 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 now i agree 100 percent. there's i mean there's for us we found a really kind of a good way to mesh um because you you have the problem or at least i had the problem when you hire guys on and and you know they do really really well in the interview process and they're just a bad fit for your shop or you're just bad at hiring people whatever whatever the case may be but you get somebody in and they're just going in a completely different direction just completely different direction um and to kind of rope them in sometimes you you just have to be really wise i guess about when you're going to give them that leash and when you're, when you're going to pull it back. Um, and that's a, that's a tough decision to make sometimes, especially when somebody's productive or they're doing kind of the right things, but their heart's not in it and you can see it and they're just kind of checking out and that's it. Um, it's, I mean, life is messy. It's not always, you know, cut and dry. Not everybody's in a hundred percent or, or out. Um, there's guys that are in it and they're just not, you know, kind of at that level where they have the leadership, uh, kind of mentality or the urge or the drive so you got to figure out a place for them as well i guess so what moves them to that particular position or that mindset yeah well that's something i'm thinking about right now and that's that's kind of what i was getting to earlier is you know how, how do i how do i get you you know david you hear you're 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 cranking hours you're showing up you're doing what you need to do in time but you're just you're you know there's a sense of culture there's a sense of feeling when you can see hey somebody is stepping up and and how do how do i get to bring the you know the inner David out. Um, so we all get to experience it, um, versus just, you know, the nodding and the head bobbing, um, and following through on the motions. I mean, that's, that's a huge step if we can get you to follow through and do the systems and processes and do everything we need, those, those guardrails. But that last five or 10% where you're actually part of the team and you're leading, um, I think that is probably an area in a lot of shops, where it's, it seems to be a really, really big struggle. I mean, you, you hire guys on, you say, oh, this is my A-tech. You know, he can, he can fix everything. He can do everything. But let me hang out in your shop a couple of days, and, and I'm going to see what the truth is. And the truth is usually somewhat a little more ugly. So how do you, so how do you guys bring out uh, the inner leader, the inner, the inner drive, um, and not just technicians from, from anybody in your shops? I beat it out of them with a stick. <laughs> big stick. Yeah. I, it's so i i don't think everybody has it in them is kind of one of the problems yeah um maybe it's the hiring process huh 100 percent um i i have one guy that it it is a extremely difficult to get it out of him yeah um and it's when a mistake happens it's can, can we talk about this and then you know we 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 sit down and I'm like, how, how can we make sure this never happens again? What can we do differently? And all I get is, I don't know. Yeah. And, and it ends up in a conversation. I'm like, so you don't know how to make this never happen again. Cause yeah. if that's the case, I can't trust you out there. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it, it I literally have to put, like literally almost beat it out of him. Like try to try to steer him in the direction. It's, it doesn't willingly come out of him. Um, 
and it it's a struggle for me. I, I I'm invested in him so much that I want it to work, but I'm like, at what point do I say, all right, he's just he's just not fit for the for the leader that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got oh, we've all got this this vision of kind of how our shop's going to run and how everybody you know how we could do that job better and how we could do this and that better. Um, and we really don't need perfection. That's the crazy thing. And I mean, like, if you're being honest with yourself, how many mistakes have you made? You know, in the last 24 hours, let's um, be a little more realistic about it. So it it is. I mean, I'm definitely learning to hire better and hire smarter. Um, working interviews, man, they they really 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 work. Having somebody come in and putting them through the paces and showing them how you do business for the first four hours and then, you know, giving them a car or two and see how they do for the second four hours of the day. Um, really, really, really does help. But I found in my, you know, um, experience, it's taken me probably 45 days to really get to know somebody and really start to get a feel for how are they going to act and react to certain situations. Um, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't think there is a silver bullet. I think you just, it's an ongoing thing. I've got to, I've got to keep encouraging you. Um, I mean, we're really, really big on kind of client relationships and we, we pull that into the shop. So um, daily when we have a, a client pick up or drop off or what have you, um, you know, hey, how are you doing? Tom? How are you doing, Tom? Come on back. I'm going to introduce you to, you know, to David and he's the master technician and um, he did a phenomenal job with your vehicle. You know, he's a bit of a savant. Um, here's a couple areas he's really strong at um, or strong in and you kind of like go over those details. That's, I mean, that's one way I have been able to start to, you know, on certain little things, it's, it's kind of worked wonders to have the techs um, start to polish up a certain area. When I start bragging about them in a certain area, um, it seems like they do give it more focus. Uh, but being an ongoing thing, um, I don't think there's just a silver bullet where you can just hire the guy and, and let him rip and he's going to be your perfect, uh, you know, your perfect employee or your perfect leader or your perfect manager. Um, I don't know. There's something I've been thinking of long, long and hard about. And uh, I think it's Do you do one-on-one -on -one meetings with your people on a regular basis? Yes. Yep. What, what do you talk about? Every week, uh, each one of them gets 10 minutes minimum in the office. Uh, at the end of the day, they cut out 10 minutes early. We just hang out and chat. You know, um, how's your life going? How's everything going? How's the workflow? Um, you know, what can we do better up here? To, to make life easier for you in your bay. Um, you know, what struggles did we hit? Um, here's three areas that I'd really like to see improved. You know, you left with a key in your pocket last Friday. Um, policies, no keys in any pockets at any, any time, any time. Um, yeah. You know, certain things, but you know, that's usually, it's, it is usually like more to cover metrics at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, well, we found metrics daily and hourly and we're, we're, <laughs> Where, where is that something you guys post openly in the shop or do you talk one-on-one -on -one with them? So everybody knows the hours. Um, so whoever's in the service advisor seat is the air traffic controller. That's what we hire them for. Um, you're keeping your pulse on the technicians throughout the day constantly. Uh, and, and, and everybody, you know, if you come on board, here's your first three months. Here's what we're looking for. Um, after that, here's our expectation of how many hours we're going to get you up to per, per day. And this is what our minimal level, minimum level expecta uh, expected tolerance or performance is. I think that's a Rick White thing as well. Um, and, and so we sit down, we have these discussions and, and you know, a, as a service advisor, as an owner, as a manager, here's how, here's what we're going to do on our side of the role to make sure you get those, to make sure you get that, you know, um, you know, we want the vehicles checked out, all checked out and, and, videos, pictures, notes written by 11 a.m. Um, here's how we're going to check in the vehicles to provide 
a much better experience for you when you go to check out the vehicles. You've already got all the faults. You've already got bulletins pulled. You've got all this stuff. Um, so we sit down and we do have those discussions. And if you fall short, you know, hey, David, where, where did you fall short here? You know, you've got all the tools in your bay. You've got three of everything. Um, did, did we drop the ball somewhere or, or what's going on? But most of the time, to be honest, since I'm still in the shop, I've got my pulse on exactly what's going on. Um, and we do have those discussions that, hey, you're, you're a bit behind schedule. Um, you know, what can we do to improve this? Makes a little, little bit, uh, when you, when you're kind of piloting and steering as you go, but it is, it is, it is a harder task to like take it from chaos to that. Um, and it's, it's been been a long work in progress every single day used to just be a dumpster fire. Um, when I started hiring just. I don't know. I, I know how long I could take the, I would take to do it and I know how I would do it and I would know how I would retest it. Um, but, but again, having a really good client relationship, having extra time with the vehicles, having time set aside for these mistakes. I'm really, really, these challenges. I'm really, really big on that. Um, so with the retesting, yeah. uh, how, how did you get your techs on board for that? Are they actually getting hours for that retesting? Yes. Yes, they are. You're getting, you, you're really coming on board and you're getting time for just about everything. And, and, and to be I, fair, I've seen his tickets, Kyle, trust me, he's charging. <laughs> yeah. But so, so you're also providing, you know, nothing, nothing goes without uh, videos, pictures or notes, nothing you do. It's just nothing you do. Um, I mean, would any of us go buy a TV without looking at it or, um, you know, going to Best Buy and checking it out, what have you? Um, there's no reason, you know, uh, a client should ever purchase something without fully understanding what they're buying and why and what the benefits are and what the risks are for not doing it. Um, so how you communicate all that stuff is exactly where we try to dial it in. And so we'll do, I mean, now we're going down a whole different rabbit hole, but you know, are, are you sending your guys to Toastmasters International? Are you having meetings where you're actually practicing posture and, and communication and eye contact and firm handshakes and all this stuff? Um, world, of, world, a world of difference. Um, but when you have a technician and, and for us, you know, we're, so far we've pulled technicians from dealerships and they're used to 60, 70 percent of their work being being warranty. And when you, you, you can explain, hey, you know, 70 percent of your day was wasted previously. We're fixing all that right now. 100 um, percent of your day you will be reimbursed for. You will be paid for. You are extremely valuable. Um, everything you touch, your entire knowledge, your experience, your tools, um, those aren't free. And I understand that. And. I need you to document and, and, and be able to provide something so an advisor can can present that to uh, the client to show them that. Um, you don't just say, hey, I'm a doctor and you got to pay me this. Um, hey, we're going to run XYZ tests and this is a very complex surgery, what have you. So, you, you know, so that's that's kind of the way we kind of went down a rabbit hole. But that's really it's easy to nitpick on little things, but then you keep backing out and backing out and create this whole environment, this whole picture, this whole world, and it makes it a little smoother. That, that's a big thing that we're working on. Um, my, my new advisor, uh, he's been with us since July, but he came to us from a Ford dealership. Mm-hmm. And his go-to was to cut the hours to get the ticket down to no. get the job sold. Yeah, no way. Um, that has been... So he actually... he He's... He's not about cutting the hours at all. When yeah. when he when he came there, he, he left the dealer, or he, this is what he tells me anyways. I mean, maybe he's fluffing me. I'm not sure. But either way, he's like, I wanted to work for somebody that cared about the customer because where I work, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, they all but, say that. 
Exactly. Yeah. But what does I, that mean to you? Care care about the customer? Yeah. See, that's yeah. That makes the difference. Uh, there. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you straight up. He cares about our customers. He loves our customers. Yeah. Um, but he also doesn't quite understand automotive enough, where he doesn't understand that I expect the tech to go on a test drive when he's done, but he doesn't factor that into the time that he sells. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I've been working on that with him lately. Cause, cause I, I do the exact same thing with my guys, but then my guys are like, well, I'm not getting paid to go take this on a half hour test drive. Yeah. So I ended up hiring a shop helper that's doing that for us now, yeah. Yeah. but now it's turned into the guys won't, or, and I guess I didn't set the, the tone right away, but the guys would pull the vehicle out, have the shop helper go take it for a ride. And he's like, well, Looks making noise all over the place, <laughs> you know, and he didn't drive it beforehand. So, and this is a, literally, he's been with me for two weeks. So this is a whole new challenge to us. Um, but I do, I do want to set that same type of process in my shop. So I've been, I was curious as to how you go about that. If you were given the taxi hours, cause I feel they need it. Yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, I haven't quite got my advisor on board yet. Yeah, no, and I haven't been to your shop. I mean, I heard all great, great, great things about you, Kyle, and, and, and skill set. They're all lies, don't worry. They're all lies. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, what do they say? Like, uh, PR is PR covers all manner of sins or something. I don't know. So, well done. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you set the expectation with the client first. It has to happen. You have to have to. I mean, yeah, I don't know how many times I say BMW Master Technician or Certified Technician or whatever. I don't know how many times we introduce them and, you know, hey, we've, I mean, we, I I call them unicorns, but these guys are absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, you have to keep pushing that. And, and if I tell you over and over that, hey, you know, Kyle, you have, we have really high expectations. I can see you're extremely talented. Um, every breath you take while you're in my shop brings a tremendous amount of value. And, and I really appreciate it. And I want to make sure you're reimbursed and you're taken care of for that. So we need to work together to come up with a game plan. Um, here's my thoughts. Um, every single lift has a, has a timer on it. Every single timer gets set to 45 minutes. Once you grab that ticket, you're hitting that button. Once you're at 45 minutes, you're done. Um, you never, ever, ever, unless it's your mom's car, you're not going over that 45 minutes for that first hour uh, of assessment. Um, there's just no way around it. So, you know, we need you above 100% efficiency. So here's how we're going to do it. What you should be able to do in that first 45 minutes um, is what most shops, you know, should two, three hours. You know, these people are paying, go to Geek Squad. Um, and get your one computer tested. It's 169 bucks. Um, do you think you have more knowledge, skill set, tooling, experience, um, you know, than the 17 year old hanging out in the Geek Squad, just you know, rolling his face on the keyboard? You do, and I know you do. So you're not you're not married to this car. I need you to assess it in 45 minutes. I need you to write a very good story. Um, you don't have to write the whole story before you get a hold of me, but say, hey, I'm at 45 minutes. Here's what I've got. Here's where I think the testing is going, or here's what where I think the solution is going to be. Um, and we start getting that additional testing time. We start, you know, everybody does it different. Some people sell level one, some people sell level twos. Uh, how we proceed is, hey, everybody gets one hour assessment. Um, it's very rare that a car does not come in with a one hour assessment. Um, once you get 45 minutes in with a properly trained tech who's very, very um, kind of fine-tuned and polished on, you know, his three C's and and his videos and pictures. And, I, and I'm saying getting into detail where you're, 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 you're going over with these guys, the video angles, the picture angles, the lighting, 
where you start having consistency and you're having a really great product put in front of a client, um, that one hour, that three hours, that eight hours becomes nothing. Your advisor should sell that in a heartbeat. Um, it's very, 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 once you work out that rhythm, it's, it's the value is there and you're not feeling guilty about trying to get three, four hours, um, for a client. Okay. But you're skipping, hold on, hold on. You're skipping over the hard part, which is, well, you're, you're talking about the finished pie. You're like, look at this beautiful pie. It's warm. It's delicious. It (laughs) smells great. Uh, it's going to taste, but it all goes into this is the best pie ever made in history. And everybody's like, yeah, I see the pie. How'd you make it? Yeah, but so go one thing at a time, right? So you have to set up, you need efficiency. You want to get your guys paid for everything. So you got to be efficient. Um, you, you have to be able to conduct- yeah, do sacrifice efficiency in order to get the training complete. In other words, if you're going to stop and, and say, well, I've got to have a, qual- a certain quality of picture. I've yes. got to have a certain quality of, yeah. of comment level or yes. whatever your, your expectation is. Yeah. You're going to say at 45 minutes, you got garbage here. Yeah. We need to start over or, Hey, you need to retake this picture or a yeah. different story or, you know, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Great. I mean, great question. And this is where I've changed my mentality to, Hey, training happens when, when WTI and CTI and vision and everything else happens. Um, training happens every single day. You, you have to change it. You have to change it. Look, if you're hitting, um, you, you have to have that mentality that, Hey, you can slow down and eventually it's going to wear off. And, and where you don't need it every single day, but look, you need to, at the end of the day, pull a stack of ROs and say, Hey, look, look at these diag lines. Um, and don't beat your guys up, but you know, show them five or 10 that are really, really good. This is what I'm looking for. The three C's, you know, um, concern cause correction. Here's how we need to write them. Uh, this is exactly what we're looking for. You know, David, can you do that from now on? Tom, can you do that? Kyle, can you do that from now on? Um, everybody's on board. Okay, well, we're done guys. Have a great night. We'll see you in the morning. Um, you're just kind of refreshing, reiterating. So one thing at a time, um, now we're at 45 minutes and, and now a week goes by and Tom forgets to set his timer for four cars in a row. Well, we got to sit down and have that conversation. You don't, you know, but if we are in our shop where we're taking the time in the day, I have, I don't have to wait for a training class to say, I'm going to pay you an extra two hours. Um, spend some time in that car and, and, and show me how the system works and, you know, break out the Pico scope or whatever it's going to be. Look, I think you're going to get more knowledge out of this than, than flying halfway across the country, sitting in a class, coming back, and you know you just wanted to go out and have your steak dinner and, and come back and yeah, learn some stuff, but I'm never going to apply it. Um, so if you take that mentality where you're going to improve them every single day, and I think that's more of a leader than a management kind of uh, kind of targeting or goal orientation is I need to make you better tomorrow than you are today. Here's how we're going to get there. Um, and that's just kind of how we do it as far as one step at a time, but break it down, see where you're losing your time. If, if, if technicians are doing everything right and you can't sell the work and you can't get the diag time, the labor time, the testing time, you got to revisit that. Um, so, so do you charge for each inspection? We do. Mm-hmm. It's very that's rare. That's what we'll, I need to do. Yeah. It's, I mean, we'll do complimentary, um, second opinions, wrench free inspections, same as anybody else, but you know, go, go look at your, Whoa, 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 whoa! Time out! Don't just slide slide over that. And what do you, what do you mean by wrench free inspection? What does that look like? Uh, it looks like it shouldn't take you more than twelve minutes. And twelve minutes is what you give them. Yeah, I don't think I, my guy would walk out to the car and. Talk. Oh no, no, I, no! I mean, as far as how long it should take, how long it should take? No, they're getting thirty minutes, but it shouldn't take them more than twelve. So you're telling them 
so you're not compensating them for those 30 minutes? They get, they get, thir- they get 30 minutes. Yeah, great question. I see where they get 30 minutes um, um, on the clock for their actual pay, but they are uh, usually taking about 12 minutes to do a complimentary inspection or reinspection. But the number one goal, and you know, everything's kind of with a caveat or there's things that happen that take longer. That's just life is messy. It happens. I'm not going to beat somebody up about it, but on the average, and we, and we, we don't want to talk about the one-offs or the, the outliers. Yeah. yeah. On average, if you right now, Tom, if I can get somebody to show up at your shop, you know, what's the chances you can pull them in as a customer, as a client? I'm pretty sure I can get them in the door. That's it. So you, that's, that's, you know, Hey, you're already at the dealer. I understand it's a hassle. Bring it on over. You're going to be in really good hands, Tom. Come on over. Let's, Let's put one of our master technicians, give you a complimentary inspection. We're going to give you a video and, and, uh, and a second opinion. Um, just like going to a doctor, let's get a second doctor's opinion. We look forward to seeing you when you get here um, in and out. And that's it. So, you, I mean, yeah, you're paying your techs for that. And again, you got to be efficient. Um, however, you're going to pay them. Um, they're getting paid somewhere. You don't not, I would say not every single client is going to get a one hour checkout or something it, on the average, though, it is. It is about an hour. It's very, it's very uh, far and few between that are actually not getting billed um, to reimburse your te- to reimburse your technician. I, I guess the the problem ends up being like, what do you do in those twelve minutes? I mean, what what can you conceivably do? Like, it, they they come in with a check engine light or whatever, yeah, and it, and this is just assuming that they're not already at the dealership or some other shop and yeah. they're wanting to come in. For, I can understand the the second opinion, or we're just going to reassess what they've looked at, yeah. or reassess your your concern. Yeah, and uh, I tell them if you've already paid for Diag, it doesn't make sense to pay the second time. Uh, I'll credit that back to you, but this is what we would normally charge. Yeah, and 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 I'm okay doing those. They're not that common. Yeah, what's much more common is I've got this clunk, I've got this noise, I've got this, that, and the other. Now you're spending all this money on marketing. You get them on the phone. I mean, what are you going to tell them? I, I don't want to give away that time for free. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to sell them with some type of assessment or testing up front and say, yes. hey, we're going to look at this for X amount of dollars. We're going to do A, B, and C. We pitch them on the pictures, videos. Uh, we're going to make sure you get a complete story of the vehicle. Yes. Uh, bring it all down, and then you try to close them. Yeah. Uh, on the appointment, I, I just, I mean, what kind of put the framework around that. Yeah. I yeah. know we're going off in left field. No, here, this is no, but this, I told you that that would happen. <laughs> yeah, no, this is perfect because I mean, this is a management thing for sure. Right. So this is how do you handle certain things? So we, we find on our Google ads, um, we have customers, obviously 80% of the calls, they just want to quote, right? So the ones that call, yeah. they find you on Google. I'm at the dealer. You know, you got that 10%. They just want a second opinion. They really don't want to bring it to you, but you know, you're going to get them over there. Um, so it really depends on what it is. And we have kind of a process for each one. Um, you gave the example, my check engine light is on, um, look, David, you're a master technician for BMW. Your time is way too valuable. I'm not going to have you out there scanning a car at no cost. Um, we've got an intern. She wants to be a, a automotive tech. She's phenomenal. Um, she can't go wrenching on anything yet. We're not going to allow that, but she can go out and do a full system scan and, and, and pull everything up. Now we use a maxi sys elite or something. I'll tell that emails right to the technician's email. So every technician it pops up and they've got the emails who whoever gets it assigned, they've already got all the data. They've already got everything with them when they go out to the car. Um, yeah. Service advisor, front office um, assistant has already popped the hood, checked all the fluids, um, done the walk around, taken 27 pictures. And that takes about seven or eight minutes. 
but you've you're right about that. You can't give them anything away, and you can't also have your technicians. So that, that's for essentially free. what you're providing them for free. Then yeah, and you're, you're saying, hey, we're going to scan the car, we're going to check your do basic fluid checks, and you're using either an apprentice or, or somebody that's inexpensive to yes. do those basic checks and yeah. say, hey, it looks like we're going to need to do A, B, and C testing. That's going to be two hundred and fifty dollars, three hundred dollars, whatever. Let's get that done so we can pinpoint what's going on. Yeah. So, so normally from there we'd handle it. You know, David, you get the repair order. You just you know do your quick test drive. It's two miles. Um, bring it on in. And uh, for second opinions, we don't necessarily put the blinders on, um, but we zero in our time and energy on the concern they brought it in for. Um, and that's a really, really big difference between a second opinion and a car that's coming in for. Um, for whatever else reason as a normal, you know, coming in through a different avenue, I would say um, that's just the way we handle it. And everybody's got their own system that probably works just fine. Um, again, have never been here before looking for a second opinion. Um, you've already got the pre-scan. You've got all the data in your hands. As a technician, you grab that, you pull it in. You've already got a pretty good idea what's going on. You're going to pop the hood. You're going to do some basic checks. Um, you're going to make a real quick video. Our videos should all be under 60 seconds. Um, again, if you're sending your guys a Toastmaster or you're practicing presentation, if you have a script. Do you really send your guys to Toastmaster? Yeah. Um, and that's something we'll probably start back up post COVID. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if I have a script for you. So you have them talking into the. Yes. Every single time. In the video. Yeah. What, what sells better is, you know, going through a video and saying, hey, X, Y, Z on your vehicle. Or I mean, you're never going to find anybody who's more terrified as a public speaker than I am. I mean, I still remember when I had to give my first wedding toast, man. I, I wrote it on a big piece of paper, like eight and a half by 11. And dude, you never heard something rattle and shake so much uh, <laughs> in, in your life, man. Um, so I forced myself to do all this. And I realized I, I gained a lot of confidence and I gained a lot of communication skill with our clients just from doing that. Um, I learned yeah. how to communicate, not just. I see the I see the benefit of it. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know that I could get my technicians. You can. If you start building six, six and a half hours in RO or whatever you, you're aiming for, um, you can. I, listen, I brought on all of our guys have come on. their BMW master technicians at the dealers thinking this is really dumb. And actually, the dealers have finally started doing this as well. But if you yeah, make, oh a, yeah. if you make a, deal, a, a video. No, I'm, a, I'm the video. They make the videos. Yeah. Now, I usually have to mute them because they'll say plenty. Oh, yeah. I just don't want any of that communicated to my <laughs> customer. Yeah. So you, you this turd is leaking oil yeah. from every possible spot. Or you, or you hear the two guys in the back the bay talking about something they shouldn't be talking about in the background. Yeah, I can't so. tell you how many times I re- I'll, I'll do an audit and I'm like, thank you for lo-. like. I'm so glad I audited this particular inspection because it hasn't been sent out yet. Yeah. And again, that's expectations meeting reality, right? So you're having these discussions and you're having them on like a pretty normal basis and you're, you're going to base and you're going to audit them. Right. But David, you just hit it right on the head. You know, what is acceptable? You know, we have very yeah. vanilla music in our shop. Um, it's such an environment that everybody's oh, offended that's by. It's awful. Yeah, I know. But you know, <laughs> Hey, you, you get some eighties rock or whatever. I don't care. As long as it doesn't offend people. Um, right. You've, you've got, I don't know. That's the, hard. That's hard to do nowadays. Yeah. Everybody gets offended. Exactly. So, but, so uh, Tom, um, we're we're both friends with with Adam Rath, who's in the same town as you. Is that correct? Yes, yes, sir. And oh, his sorry. excuse for absolutely everything is that uh, oh, I can't do that here in this town. 
<laughs> you know, they, they won't buy it. They're too cheap. You know, my clientele won't won't accept that. Um, how do how do you deal with that? Because he talks very highly of your shop and how oh Tom's got this figured out or Tom Tom's charging more than 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 I am. Tom I already can. got all got, the good customers. Yeah, I, Tom's I, got I all the good any. customers in town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're driving right past Adam to get to me. No, uh, <laughs> not at all. Um, but I mean, so talk about uh, being nervous in public speaking. I'm I'm the the king of that. So it's uh, even just trying to talk here is driving me nuts. So. Um, how, how do you, how do you get, like we were we were sort of talking about the no wrench inspection and how how do you get those customers in the door in in, in a town where you know at least the the story that we're getting from the other shop owner in the same town as you is that uh, you know it's difficult to get those those higher end clients to or, or to get just those clients that you have to pay for you know some of the testing to pay for those those more expensive repairs um you know he he seems to think that uh, you know i've got to get him in the door with low dollar propositions right yeah I, and, yeah but what what we do is you know i mean we take the time to talk to the customer i've really been working with uh, my advisors and my csr to not rush through things, you know, take the time, talk to them, interview them, find out what's going on and just try to, you know, hit it off with them and then, uh, go over what we do, why we're different. And dis- we discuss the pricing of our diagnosing right over the phone right away. Uh, you know, I don't want any surprises for that, for that customer. So I want them to know what's going to happen when they come in when we expect them to drop the car off, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, when we're going to contact them and, you know, just try to frame everything out for them and give them the, the comfort and, you know, whatever they need to uh, be willing to come into us. And, uh, you know, it, it works really well. We, uh, you know, we get plenty of people that are like, oh my God, you charge way too much for diagnosing. And yeah. You know, quite honestly, we are more expensive than, you know, the BMW dealer one mile down the street, Mercedes that's, you know, closer to Adam. Um, you know, the only place we're not more expensive than for diagnosing is Porsche. But, uh, you know, I mean, we explain to them what we're going to do. We're not going to uh, print out a test plan and say, well, you know, it could be A, B, or C. We need to go and, you know, and uh, we're going to replace this. We're going to replace that. Um, we go that extra mile to determine what's really wrong with it. And um, we don't go all the way with that all the time. We spend our level one and uh, explain to them that we should be back to you within uh, this amount of time. Uh, I'm sorry. We don't talk about time. But uh Within this amount of dollar amount, within this diagnosis, we should be able to come back and let you know what's going on with your car. We're either going to have an estimate for you as far as what it takes to fix it or the slim possibility that we need more testing time. We're going to call you, let you know where we're at, what we need to do, and give you a uh, give the opportunity to be in charge of uh, what we're doing on the car. And I think that's really important to you know stress that they're in charge. 
that they're not uh, just giving us a blank check. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, do you, I, do you have your guys going to Toastmaster? No, hell, I'm scared to go to Toastmaster. So. Yeah, you got to, you got, you got to do it. I mean, I'm, it's it's impressive. I'm googling it because I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's Toastmaster, what? All over the world, yeah. man. You can, you go, can start go anywhere. Tom, you can start with a BNI group. A BNI group will get you to have to stand in front of a crowd, and when when it's your turn, you have to speak for eight to ten minutes on a, a topic that will obviously has pertains to your business, uh, and, and you have to do the thirty to forty five minute infomercials every single week so you you get used to it getting up and just speaking off the cuff well you want to walk in prepared but walking in prepared does nothing my first bni meeting (laughs) i don't even know what i talked about i think i was talking about dogs the whole time yeah i can get on board with that yeah and, you know, you, I, I was talking to a lady on the phone today, and she called me up, and she's like, I need a tune-up for my car. And I said, what kind of vehicle is it? And she said, a 2013 Mitsubishi something or another. I said, well, they don't really have tune-ups anymore. And she said, what do you mean? So, well, what used to be a tune-up used to be spark plug wires, cap rotor, f- bunch of filters, spark plugs. I said, the spark plugs get done every 100,000, and fluids need to be done on certain time intervals, and filters need to be inspected once a year and replaced as necessary. And I, I just kind of went down the list, and I said, tune-ups aren't a thing anymore. And she's like, oh, I just talked to a guy. He spoke so confidently, and he told me all I needed was a tune-up. Turns out she had a, she had a check engine light on for a cam sensor and a P0420. And the guy told her, oh, just do a tune-up. It'll be fine. And she was absolutely convinced. And the reason why she was absolutely convinced is because he spoke with such surety. Yeah. He was so confident yeah. in what he was saying that even though he was giving her absolute bunk, total garbage, what he was telling her, yeah. she believed it. Because yeah. it just all that mattered was that confidence level. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I have a little bit different outlook. Um as to, you know, like what Andrew was talking about with, uh, you know, with the videos and everything for his technicians. And, uh, I mean, I, I respect that a hundred percent. Um, my thing is I try to limit what our technicians are going to do and their interaction with our, with our customers, you know, with our clients, because that's our service advisor's job, you know? And, um, I want them to take good pictures, good notes, and everything, and then I want that transferred over to my advisor, so my advisor can work their magic and uh, continue to build their relationship. Uh, yeah, fluff it up. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of. I mean, I played around a little bit with videos, and I kind of ditched it pretty quick because it's, just, it's tough with shopware. Um, but I mean, you yeah, know, it doesn't. It, I wish they would embed the video in the notes section. Yep. Instead of being, um, you know, almost report. something like they had to open and it would open another screen. It's because it just shows that click on this to watch this video kind of thing where as opposed to the pictures like right there in front of you, you can see the picture very easily. Yeah. I, don't, I wonder if they embed GIFs or GIFs, whatever they are. Yeah. I have, I have a very similar stand with uh, technicians talking to customers as Tom does. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> my, my, my techs are very good at being technicians they Mm -hmm. are not very good with their words yeah Um, and they i have had quite a few customers soil themselves when being told about their car 
just because of the level of intensity that my technicians <laughs> have about vehicles. My service advisor is on point with being good with customer communications. Yeah. Whereas my technicians are not. Yeah. They know how to talk to cars. They do yeah. not. There's no filter. No, exactly. Yeah, that's the problem. Like my my techs don't have filters, and it's everything's a piece of crap. Everything is junk. It, it's and not, so it, like sometimes I f- like you ever been to a doctor where they talk about like molecular theory? Yeah, and you know they basically got you convinced you have cancer, but you really just ate too much broccoli. <laughs> that's how my techs are. Like yeah. they they just go over and above, like almost like they got something to prove of how smart they are. Yeah. And they just scared that customer. So I, I, I keep so, it limited to, as to how much I allow them to really communicate. Right. And I mean, that goes back to expectations meeting reality, though. So, you know, it was no different for your technicians or me three, four years ago, five years ago, and how I would speak to, to, to clients. Did you turn over your text, though? So once you Early started on? shifting towards, yeah, once you started shifting towards, hey, we're going to communicate with my customer, I want you to be able to be presentable. I want the, the, customer to be able to walk out here and all of us be totally comfortable with yeah. a customer walking out here yeah. and not somebody start F-bombing because they stubbed their toe. Well, that's that's already, I mean, that's expectations meeting reality and that's shop policy. You're F-bombing in my shop, David. Um, grab your keys. You're out of here for the day. Um, there's certain things that look, it's, we're, it, we're, we're in uh, multiple people. I think Bob Greenwood says it a lot, you know, we're not a trade anymore. We're a profession profession. You have to act like it. You want to make the salary. You want to make six figures. You want to be paid for your time. It's, it's not a kid's game anymore. You have to act like it. Um, and that's our that's expectation. It's our expectation. So uh, I was the same way, you know, way over analyzing. Um, if you ever, uh, well, anyway, just to get onto it. Yeah. Overanalyzing, over discussing everything, you know, customers want to hear their concerns are going to be resolved. They're in good hands. Um, you want to be able to relay the information in a way that they can understand. Uh, you know, and if I ask the three of you, you know, about carbon and carbon cleaning, um, you're going to have all these, you know, different strategies and different discussions. Um, if I teach you as technicians, Hey, Tom, Hey, Kyle, Hey, David, here's how we present it from now on. Um, we're going to make a video. It's going to be 45 seconds long. Hey, my name's Kyle. I'm there. Hey, this is Kyle, you know, Bavarian Motor Repairs. Working on your vehicle, BMW certified master technician. Essentially, what you're looking at is your engine has asthma. We're going to resolve it. We're going to get it breathing again. We're going to be able to test everything from there. You're in great hands. We'll follow up to discuss. You're in, you're out. You made a video very, very, very professional, very well-spoken, very easy. And what you just did in 30 seconds saved you so much time. It also saved your technician so much time on the phone. Um, and, and we've, I mean, it, we went through a lot of cumbersome learning curves to figure out how do we do that, wrap it up, be in and out, be done without sitting at your computer for 20 minutes, verifying everything, getting it to the client. How do we follow up to make sure the client found it, saw it? How long, of, how much of it did they watch? How much of it was valuable? I mean, we were making three, four five minute videos in the beginning People stop watching after 52 seconds. I'll tell you that. Um, these are, you know, thousands and thousands of videos we've sent. So everybody has their own policy, their own procedure. You work, you're making your numbers, your guys are getting paid. They're following the systems and processes. You've got good shop culture. 
keep doing it. it it's there's no right way. This is just how we do it. Um, but when you do yeah, that, but we're here to tell you that you're doing it wrong. I know. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do appreciate that. So, I mean, for me, I don't want to be the leader all the time and everything. And that's kind of what I'm circling back to. Now we're kind of zooming out and zooming out and then we'll start to build the whole picture. And like you said, you're looking at the pie. So now let's zoom in a little bit and then zoom back out. Um, so I, I want the technicians to realize they're better than the industry says they are. They're more articulate than the industry says they are. They're, you know, they're smarter. They're, they're, they're going to be better, you know, more trained. They're going to be able to execute um, doing certain tests more efficiently. Why? Because I'm constantly saying in front of clients, they have the ability, they have the skill set. Our clients never been in better hands. Um, and, and when I'm able to get you, David, to look a customer or a client in their eye, whatever they may be at that time, give them a firm handshake and say, yeah, you're in really great hands. You know, we've done this a million times. You're really going to be impressed with what comes your way. Um, you're, you're doing that whole PR thing. You're, that's really what you're doing. You're, you're getting that client to a, a, a spot where now they're talking to their favorite bartender and they weren't even thirsty. And now they're spending 200 bucks um, versus, you know, just any bar and you know, this place sucks. Um, they're just trying to get my money. Um, and that's kind of the mentality behind uh, the videos and the presentation and, 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 and trying to lead the staff to start to lead themselves. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. For our patrons, we'll have the second half of our conversation with Andrew, Kyle, and Tom on our Patreon page. So make sure you become a patron to catch the extra content. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. It helps spread the word. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that like button. The algorithm demands its sacrifice, and hitting that like button quenches its thirst. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you have any topic suggestions, please reach out to me via email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy to use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to getshopware.com and see what I mean today. That's getshopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode.
Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.